Welcome to this episode of War Cry Podcast. I'm Emily Washings. I'm tuning in from Yakima Nation. I have an amazing team here today. Uh, and we're an all native run podcast discussing data, events, stories, issues, and historical connections about Northwest missing and murdered natives. Again, we are located on the Yakima Reservation and broader Yakima community from our uh, guest here today. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We are live streaming during, during the noon hour Pacific Standard Time. Uh, of course, you're able to watch that after uh, the live stream on uh, all different available platforms uh, and streaming uh, opportunities that you might have available. Again, my name is Emily Washings and co-hosts today are Patsy Whitefoot, Robin Pibashi, and Lucy Smartlowit. Our guest today is Alicia Tobin, treasurer of Yakima County Crime Stoppers. Our intent today is to learn about how we as a community can use technology and anonymous reporting in the Yakima Valley, essentially help stop crime. Again, this topic can be sensitive and triggering. So I just wanna uh, give that little note. Um, do, we do have an announcement about an MMIW pop-up an art show and fundraiser. Uh, we have different flyers that we have on our uh, social media. This is a collaboration with uh, Coffee, Coffee and Gallery, Yakima Makerspace, War Cry Podcast, uh, Rising Fire Designs are teaming up to raise funds for missing and murdered Native peoples and families. All proceeds will go to local MMIW and MMIP families. Kwathanushamash, which means thank you in our itchy skin language. Um, our deadline to submit is August uh, 9th, 2021. We will have uh, prints available that is uh, with the image of our War Cry podcast logo that we will be uh, handing out with proceeds. And all the different avail available information is also on the podcast. I'm getting a little bit of a low Wi-Fi signal, so I'm going to hook up my Wi-Fi as I ask for our guests today to introduce themselves. So if you see a little bit of wires right now, that's why, but pay attention to our wonderful, amazing guests as they introduce themselves and what Crime Stoppers uh, does. Oops. Thank you. Uh, Emily. Uh, as they said, my name is Alicia Tobin. I'm super excited to join you guys today. Uh, very passionate about this cause. This is my 21st year. I can hardly believe those words, the number of years coming out of my mouth, volunteering for this organization. It's an amazing organization, worldwide organization, but we have a local chapter. There's only five local chapters remaining in the state of Washington, and ours is one of the best. Um, Crime Stoppers is an organization who was founded in 1978 um, in New Mexico to help solve a murder. Uh, and a detective basically reenacted the crime and created this anonymous tip line and solved that murder. And that thus was the beginning of Crime Stoppers as an organization. Uh, then in 1988, uh, the president of our organization co-founded Crime Stoppers of Yakima County. Um, and we have been in, in an organization since. We've expanded into local schools in the county um, and year to date, we have had over 1,400 uh, felony arrests and paid out over 150,000 rewards. Um, and I want to point out the main thing when you think about those crimes being solved, 
um, a lot of people didn't come forward and claim the reward. So the numbers are actually much greater than that. Um, and the, as Emily um, emphasized earlier on, the number one thing about our program, the backbone I cannot emphasize enough is the anonymity component. We go above and beyond to protect the anonymity of the tipsters. Our software, as we'll discuss later on, does not show any kind of IP address. We do not record phone calls. Quite frankly, we don't care who the tipster is. We don't care if they're legal, illegal. We don't care if it's man, woman, child. We don't care if it's family member. We just don't wanna know the information. And when people even try to offer information identifying themselves, we insist they do not. Um, so really looking forward to sharing how you can submit tips and hopefully solve many of these unsolved crimes um, on the reservation. Uh, thank you so much, Alicia, for introducing yourself and for your 21 years of, <laughs> of volunteer efforts for the Yakima County and helping make us uh, safer here. I'm going to read a quote from Crime Stoppers before we switch into our questions. This is a source from Yakima, or it's from Crime Stoppers Yakco.org. Yakima County Crime Stoppers encourages members of the community to assist local law enforcement agencies in a fight against crime by overcoming the two key elements that inhibit community involvement, fear and apathy. Yakima County Crime Stoppers provides the public a way to get involved and remain anonymous. We provide a phone number, website, and mobile application where you can give vital information helpful to law enforcement agencies in order to help solve crimes and apprehend wanted persons, all without revealing your identity. I feel like I need a little music of boom booms on there. That's very uh, punctuated. I love, <laughs> I love how action oriented those uh, paragraphs are. It makes me want to try to see if I know any, uh, um, you know, about any crimes to be solved. I'm going to turn it over to Robin for uh, first uh, question. Thank you for coming on, Alicia. Um, the first question is, how does somebody submit an anonymous tip? Because I know it can be daunting and scary to even want to try to initiate doing that. Um, so how do you do it? Well, I will tell you, I am not a tech savvy person at all. Um, and it is super simple, even for us non-tech savvy people. Uh, I don't even have a social media account. That just tells you I never have. Uh, but super simple. There's three ways you can submit a tip. You can go to the website that Emily highlighted. So you can Google Yakima County Crime Stoppers or it's crimestoppersyakco.org. You can call 1-800-248-TIPS or 9980. Um, and the most common way now is an app and it's a free app. And you would go to your um, app store and download P3 tips, that's P as in Paul, three tips. Uh, and frankly, you just fill in the blanks. It is that simple. And as I stated, whether you call in, we do not record those numbers. If people say, oh, I'm the cousin of this person, we ask them not to reveal that information. If they submit a web tip, it goes into our software. There's no IP address. There is absolutely no way, even if we were subpoenaed in a court of law and they said, we want you, Alicia Tobin, to reveal who the tipster is, there is no way for us to do so. We can print a shot of the tip and there is no identifying information in there. Um, and the same with P3 tips. 
And the moment that somebody hits that submit button or they call, um, if you're calling in, you're actually calling into a call center that is not local. Um, they're based out of Canada and they're just collecting the data and filling in the web tip. And the moment they hit submit, it goes to all the necessary law enforcement agencies. Um, so you would put the who, what, when, where, why um, with regards to the crime, you hit submit and that starts the process. Um, and one of the things, and this may be a question, so I may be jumping ahead of the program, but I think the most common thing people say, well, if there's a reward, how do I re re claim the reward and still remain anonymous? Um, and the answer is very simple. Every single tip has a tip ID. And if your tip leads to the arrest of the wanted felon, then we comment in the tip, congratulations, you have a year to go claim your reward money. You go to the bank that we reference uh, in the tip and you walk into the bank teller and you say, I'm here to claim my reward from Crime Stoppers and you give them the tip ID, you produce zero identification, you sign nothing and they pay you in cash and out the door you go. And you have an, up until one year from the date that we send that um, comment to claim your reward in case you are fearful someone's watching you, in case um, you don't have a vehicle to get you to the bank, whatever the reasoning you have up until a year to do so. Do you have a... Um... Any additional reflection on that, Robin? No, I think it's just, uh, that's reassuring to hear somebody say that because it's like you could look at the website and just think, yeah, sure, this is anonymous, but how do I know that? So um, kind of knowing more of the, like the back door uh, way that it's handled is very helpful. And I hope it's reassuring to people. Thank you. Well, and I will tell you, Emily heard this when she attended our meeting um, down at Heritage a couple months ago. Just to give you a few examples of how we bend over backwards um, to make sure the anonymity component is protected. Um, there was a solved murder in Portland, Oregon, and there was $10,000 additional private monies donated for the resolution of, of that crime. And so the person was fearful to claim their money in Portland. They felt like maybe they were being followed. So Portland Crime Stoppers reached out to me and said, hey, if we mail you a check for $10,000, can you deposit it? And our person can come to Yakima to your bank and claim the money. And we said, absolutely. So the person a couple months later made arrangements. They came to Yakima and they wanted a cashier's check for the $10,000 and we refused because now we know who that person is. So we said, sorry, can't do that. We don't want your name. We don't want to know who you are. We know $10,000 is a lot of cash. We can arrange for law enforcement to escort you to your vehicle, but we absolutely will not compromise that under any certain terms. We just won't. Uh, so that's, that's an example. The other thing is we do not allow for tips, private monies to exceed $10,000 because of the Bank Secrecy Act. If a person or an individual goes in and withdraws more than $10,000 in cash, then the bank is required to complete a currency transaction report. And now suddenly they've captured all your information. So again, we go above and beyond and we make zero exceptions. If the tipster is in Arizona and they submitted information on a crime in Yakima, we then pick up the phone and we say, where do you live? Phoenix, Arizona, okay. 
well, we're going to contact the Phoenix Crime Stoppers. We will send the money there and you then can go to their bank and claim the money. We will not mail them. Again, they've said, well, I don't care if my identity is compromised. I'm in Phoenix. I feel safe. We absolutely will not. We will send the money to their organization. They will go to their bank, claim the money. No name is ever obtained, ever. Yeah, I appreciate the insight as well on the anonymous uh, reporting and um, the fear of retaliation is pretty intense in our community sometimes. And so knowing that there's an available tool is so important to that. When I attended um, the meetings, I think I've been to two, one in Granger in March of last year, and then the one in June that was at Heritage University. And even just the first impression of it, like driving up to it, you see a lot of different law enforcement agency vehicles in the outside. And so immediately you go to, okay, these people are legit. There's somebody that's in the community that not only um, community members can turn to, but law enforcement are very attentive to and show up for the meetings. Um, and I, you know, I wonder about that balance of anonymous and, you know, you, you articulate it so well. I also, um, I downloaded the P3 tips after my first meeting, which is a free app. Um, so I wonder if you could talk about that as well as, you know, this tool that I didn't realize that was available as well and that you can also submit anonymous video and photo through the app, um, you know, that might be helpful for solving a crime. So I just wanna turn it back to you to describe, uh, you know, how to download the app and some of those um, anonymous uh, reporting uh, aspects. And even if there's an example of the photo and video be that's been used in the um, Valley. Absolutely. So um, I'm not sure if somebody is able to pull up and go screen by screen. If not, um, anybody attending can download the P3 tips um, and the step-by-step, -step, the first thing it will ask you to do is create a passcode, which is unique to you. So it's a four digit passcode. So just for simplification, I wouldn't recommend using this, but just hypothetical example, one, two, three, four is your passcode. You go in and your original um, screen will take you to select a location. And the first thing it'll have you do is pick which country you're in, because again, this is a worldwide app application. So you pick United States, then it'll ask you to pick your state. You would pick Washington, obviously, and then uh, Toppenish. And once you do so, then it'll say, what kind of crime are you submitting? Um, and so even if what you're trying to describe isn't in there, you can always select other and then describe the crime that you're reporting on. So I'm reporting on a murder that occurred in 1994. These are the details I have, yada, yada, yada. You hit submit. Once you hit submit, then the appropriate law enforcement agency has the ability, it has two-way communication. So they could say, I have a couple questions for you. So even though they're able to communicate with you, they still don't know who you are. So they can't see your phone number. They have no idea if you submitted your tip via P3, whether you submitted it via uh, the phone call and the web application was submitted, or if you went in yourself and filled out a web app. So if you have, as you stated, screenshot of a text so you can submit any kind of photo, a JPEG, um, any of those that are uh, frequently accepted on a Word document um, when you're, or on email, when you're submitting email, you can submit video. You can also submit a geographical location. Um, and one of the best examples we have is we actually had an unsolved murder in Toppenish uh, a couple years ago and a tipster submitted and said, hey, you're looking for this particular gentleman. 
and he is in Arizona. And not only is he in Arizona, but see this house right here in this photo, there's a shed right here. If you go there, he's in this shed. And so our Violent Crimes Task Force reached out to the Arizona Violent Crimes Task Force, dispatched him to that shed, and guess what? He was in the shed. Um, and then also in the news a couple of years ago, Eisenhower School District, um, a student submitted. So again, when you talk about fair retribution, it's very similar. You know, they're in high school, you don't wanna be known as a snitch. And so I always tell people, well, then don't open your mouth because the only way anyone's gonna know is if you say something because there is zero paper trail. Um, so a student was brave enough, a kid brought a gun to school and had it pulled out on their thigh in the classroom underneath their desk. Um, and the picture uh, was submitted on the tip and the school officials immediately launched and said, okay, we recognize some of the backdrop in that photo that's uh, so-and-so's classroom. So they identified the teacher's classroom. They could tell the clothing that the person was wearing because their head was cut off on the photo. Um, and so they watched video at all from all day as students entered the classroom, they identified the clothes that the student was wearing as they entered the classroom. And before school uh, opened the following day, they dispatched law enforcement to that individual's house. And lo and behold, there were three people involved with that gun um, being brought to school. Um, so another example. And of course, it's funny because they've sent pictures where clearly if they're wearing the war cry shirt and the photo sent and you're brought into the office and you're wearing that very shirt, students have even said, it wasn't me. Really? Because here's a photo of you and here's your shirt. Are you sure that's not you? So sometimes it can be kind of comical. Well, in this case, there might be additional uh, three other people, though. <laughs> that kind. No. no, I appreciate the insight into um, the app as well as solving crime. I think, you know, being and focusing on true crime, we also so often focus on the unsolved nature of some of these. And it it's so helpful for communities to know that there could be a tool. Um, I want to turn it over to Lucy to see if she has a question or insight. Thank you, Emily. Um, Alicia, I'm really curious and intrigued by Crime Stoppers um, being in the community um, and its presence. So I have a two-part question, actually. Um, and aside from it being on the website itself, not everybody has access you know, to online or even consistent um, cell phone coverage in our communities. So I'm wondering what type of info is helpful when they want to submit a tip that's my first question. And then if you could just kind of explain what how what happens to a tip um, once it gets reported to the very end where it's issued an, a reward, if it's issued a reward. Okay, absolutely. Um, so the basic things you should have when you go to submit a tip, regardless of how you're going to do it, um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I did some presentations at the um, Wapato Middle School because they have the Crime Stoppers program there. And I presented to the sixth, seventh and eighth graders there. Um, and I about fell over backwards because I said, how many of you have one of these? And I held up my cell phone. A hundred percent of the hands went up. I about fainted. I was like, seriously, wow. Um, so I think even if people go to the local library um, there's always a way, or if they can just get to a telephone, there's always a way that they can submit a tip. Um, and the main pieces of information you want to try to answer is the who, what, when, where, um, you know, and how, obviously. Uh, 
so those are the things and, and it, again we try to make the template as simple and user friendly as as possible like it it truly will say and if you don't have the information you just skip to the next line you it may say who else knows about this crime you may not know so you just skip on to the next sentence uh, but the more details you can provide the better um in terms of what was the second part of your question for the start to finish right okay so the moment you hit submit or the moment you phone in a tip and the person collecting your data hits submit it goes to the appropriate law enforcement agency and the computer the software is designed it automatically assigns a tip id so at that point the um, inv investigation immediately begins it gets assigned to the appropriate detective or law, law enforcement agency and they begin now investigating the crime if they need additional information um, they will communicate with the tipster again it allows for two-way dialogue without them knowing who you are uh, and then as they will give updates like sometimes you don't hear from law enforcement for a couple of weeks and so the tipster may say hey i just want to know the status of this what's going on um, and usually uh, the detective is so busy oftentimes they don't communicate but our uh, crime stoppers coordinator will say you know it's still under invest investigation it's still pending um, you can also, in the meantime, you may say, oh my gosh, I just found out more information. I was uh, uh, gathering yesterday and somebody stated something that was very integral to the, this crime, so I'm going to submit additional information. So you can do so. Once the crime is investigated, if it leads, your tip leads to the arrest of the wanted felon, uh, then that's when we say, congratulations, you um, received a reward and it will tell you the amount um, and the amounts range from $100 to $1,000 unless there's private monies involved and then it'll be up to $10,000. Um, and then in there it'll say you have one year from today to go to XYZ Bank and collect your money and you walk in. We obviously have trained the tellers and everything at the appropriate banks that we have relationships with um, to say, don't ask for ID, don't ask them to sign anything. So they'll walk in um, and I go in as the treasurer because I have to reconcile our accounts and I will go into uh, Wells Fargo as the Yakima Bank in town. I'll go on the one in Yakima and say, hey, I'm here to um, collect the Crime Stoppers tips and they look kind of confused. So then I know, oh, it's a new teller. And so I go, I'm the treasurer. I'm not here to collect money for a tip. And then a supervisor will come over and go, oh yeah, this is Alicia. This is, here's her ID, you know, and then they give me, so I can, the general ledgers that it, they use to take the money out of the account. Um, so I can go in and, and reconcile the, the account itself. Um, the other thing I want to point out, if somebody decides to use the P3 app, the beauty of the app is you create your user ID. So I just got a new phone a month ago. My other one went kaput, so I had to get a new phone. Well, I my ID follows me. So I can add and delete that app anytime I want, and it's the same user ID. I go right into my old tips. I can research all my old tips. So if somebody is super fearful, they go, I know that this person is involved. They track my phone. They watch what I'm doing. They can go away, drive off to the convenience store, download P3 tips, submit the tip, and delete the app. So there's zero evidence, zero paper trail whatsoever, um, which I kind of like even more so than a phone call because a phone call, unless you remember to go in and delete it from your history is gonna show up on a phone bill. So to me, the absolute best way is the web app or uh, the P3 tips app um, because you have a mechanism to go in and we tell students that too. 
you can be in the library and go in and submit it on the on the computer library at school and nobody knows any different um, and so uh, that also is there for that anonymity component to really reinforce that drive that home does you have a follow-up insight I don't. I what happens to tips that result to nothing? Um, is, is there correspondence with the tipster to let them know? Uh, generally, not. They'll see the status is still under investigation, um, and that also leads to sometimes we have. So, an example: they're looking for John Doe, and we'll get a tip that says, "Hey, you're looking for John Doe. He's at the corner of Sixth and Pine in Yakima." Law enforcement goes to Sixth and Pine and they're like, okay, we don't see John Doe. And now another tip that comes in says, hey, you're looking for John Doe, he's at the corner of Sixth and Pine and he's in a green Honda Civic. Uh, oh, now I know where there are. Well, that tip ultimately led to the arrest. And so, because they provide more specific information. Then sometimes we get communication and another tip that says, hey, I know John Doe was arrested. How come I didn't get the money? And so we have to explain to them that another tip led to their arrest. We have no way of knowing if the same person submitted both tips. We have no way of knowing if they're family members that sat next to each other on the couch and said, you submit a tip, I'll submit a tip. We give the money to the tip that leads to the arrest of the wanted felon. Um, and the emphasis is on felony um, crimes. In the, high, in the uh, middle school and high school programs that we have, the schools actually raise separate monies to solve their misdemeanor crimes. If it escalates to a felony crime, then it comes from our fund. Uh, but because the majority of the crimes occurring in the school tend to be misdemeanors, we have the schools raise a separate pot of monies. But in terms of the missing and indigenous um, Native Americans, 99% of those obviously are probably going to result in um, felony crimes. Hence, this would be the most appropriate and we would be the ones paying out the rewards. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, I want to, again, thank everybody that's tuning in live on YouTube, and uh, if you have any questions, let them know. Our producer, Robin, and co-host, Robin, is monitoring that, um, and also just let us know where you're tuning in from. It's always good insight for us just to let us know where you're uh, streaming in from. Next, I'm going to turn the question or insight to Patsy. You're on mute. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Alicia, for joining us today. I just really appreciate your years of experience, firsthand experience, and also as a woman, because uh, as you can see here, it's the women who are facilitating this podcast, and I think that's important in itself. And the issue that we're addressing is missing and murdered Indigenous women. So I know that's a very complicated, complex issue that as family members we have encountered over many, many years um, in terms of our, you know, our role in, in the community, but also the interface with law enforcement or lack of interface with law enforcement and support. So I have a lot of questions and I'm just curious, first of all, about the type of data you might have for the Yakima County area, what type of data, I mean, I not, have not been familiar with your work, and so I just want to be able to start, you know, integrating these, this information, particularly in the schools, because this is where that kind of behavior begins. 
but it also goes back you know, to parents and families and communities as well. So we'd really like to find out how many schools, how many, how many middle schools are there, how many high schools are involved, because I could see this perhaps occurring in some of our schools here on the Yakima Reservation as well. Um, so yeah, just, just if you could just share briefly some, some of the data you have, how many people are wanted? I mean, I just went on your website. How many people are wanted in the Yakima County? Uh, how many, uh, how many, what's the average per year uh, of tips? What's the average per year of solving crimes? Those kinds of things. So I, I know that's asking a lot, but if you could just share briefly. I would appreciate well, it. I am a data junkie, but in the Crime Stoppers realm, I am the paperwork person. I, um, I'm i the one who actually beat the streets and did the research on the software, the P3 software that we upgraded to a couple of years ago. Um, so my data is going to be a little bit more vague rather than specific. I absolutely um, can rep uh, produce reports, that sort of thing. Um, but I want to backtrack your comment about women and absolutely agree 100%. So when the president of Crime Stoppers approached me 21 years ago, we, he and I volunteered for some Chamber of Commerce um, boards. And we were trying to educate businesses on the rampant fraud and that sort of stuff, help improve businesses, give more value to their dollar and being a member of the chamber. And he approached me and he said, you know what, we have an all male board and we need some female representation. And guess what? Today, I'm still the only female board member. So, um, oh my gosh, that's know, sad. That's sad. Men push back every day. Trust me, they they know that. Uh, so, uh, my point being, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Um, I wish there were more. We've had others that have come and gone um, that haven't been able to commit. Uh, full time um, as, as much as they'd like because they have other passions. But this one I have fallen in love with because even though you're not making a difference every day, you don't see that arrest every day. Boy, when you get that kid with that gun, you know, out of the school, it is rewarding. And when you get those murderers off the street and repeat offender rapists off the street, it is so rewarding. I can't stop smiling in the day when I when I hear about it. Um, in terms of the schools, Back in 2007, um, one of our prior presidents had attended a conference that he learned that, gee, they're kind of rolling this out. There's schools that are interested in this. And it is extremely difficult to get them in the schools because oftentimes right. you're dealing with people that have PhDs and they think we don't need your help. Right. Um, right. And we're smarter than you. Um, and so we just stay persistent and the results speak for themselves. Um, so Eisenhower High School was the very first school we signed up um, and we worked with an SRO. His name was Ben. He was a Yakima police officer at the time and he was super passionate. And the key with these type of programs when you have them in schools, especially, is you need that cheerleader that's going to drive home the results and the passion. And that we had in Ben. And after a year of being in the schools, we actually were contacted by several community members who lived around Eisenhower High School that said, oh my gosh, our apartments aren't being tagged anymore. We don't see drug deals going on in the parking lot anymore. We aren't having car prowls anymore. Um, crime went down significantly. Well, then Ben moved on and we had a new SRO that wasn't as passionate. So we didn't get as many tips because they weren't driving the program. 
Um, and we kept rolling out. So we have West Valley School District. We have uh, Davis in there. Um, we have the first middle school we signed up was in fact Wapato because we started to realize, gee, when they're younger at sixth and seventh um, grade, they don't fear retribution. You know, they're, they're pretty like, they wanna own this. And so we thought we're gonna start this culturally a little sooner. Eighth grade, we start to see a little bit more fear of retribution. Um, but if they've uh, learned the program earlier on, then they do not. Um, and we also signed up Lewis and Clark Middle School. And we were just on the point, we were really starting to gain some traction um, when the pandemic hit. So we were about ready to sign up Franklin Middle School. Um, we were gonna sign up some Granger schools, some Sunnyside schools, and then the pandemic hit. So we're hoping um, that next fall we can start to really uh, gain some traction again. Um, but right now we have seven schools. We have the two middle schools. We have Perry Kett that is also involved. Perry does not offer a, a dollar reward. They just have it available for students if there's car prowls or they know there's crime going on. And circling back to Eisenhower, when they got a new principal a few years ago, he came from the Wapato School District. And he and I spoke, they had this tremendous vaping problem that exploded in all the schools and they didn't know how to address it. And so he reached out, said, I need your help. And he manually tracked before they started advertising Crime Stoppers. And I went in and did some video um, recordings with their media uh, classroom. And they would post those every Friday during their uh, morning announcements. Um, and he tracked it after we started talking about Crime Stoppers. And he pretty much said 100% of their crimes, fights, the drug deals going on in the schools, the vaping, it went away. Um, right. So from that standpoint, again, if you advertise it, you stick with it. Now, what happens obviously in the beginning for school in particular, is you get all these tips and you get some uh, people that test the water. So when we rolled it out in LaSalle, we had students that said, oh, there are two dogs that they have on campus that reach you. And so the tip said that the two dogs were dealing drugs in the class. And they also were sending you know, other silly examples. And what they were doing is they were saying, I wanna see if this is really anonymous. Is my principal gonna come through the door and know that I submitted the tip? And we have kind of canned generic responses that basically say, this is a serious application. Please you know, treat this seriously. Uh, this is legitimate. Um, and then those silly ones go away because they realize, okay, it really is anonymous. Nobody knows that I submitted that tip, um, that bogus tip. Um, we also had um, instances where the principal said, well, what if you have a person that doesn't like someone and they submit a bogus tip? Well, that's what the investigative process is all about, right? And so that's why they may pull a student in and determine, okay, clearly this person's getting picked on. Um, an example, though, on the flip side, again, in Wapato School District, they had a student they kept submitting, um, Joe, Janice Smith has drugs, and they'd haul Janice into the office, and Janice didn't have drugs, and they kept getting a, a tip, Janice has drugs in her backpack. They would bring Janice in, and there are no drugs in her backpack, and so they realized, okay, this person's probably being retaliated by other students who don't like them. Well, then they got smart and they said, rather than call Janice to the office, let's go get Janice out of the classroom. And so they went and retrieved Janice with no warning, said, grab your backpack and come on. And lo and behold, Janice had drugs in her backpack. Prior to that, when they were seeing Janice come to the office, she was handing her pack of drugs to her friend. And so, of course, by the time the, the 
principal and law enforcement agents um, would look into the backpack, there would be no drugs because she'd handed them out. So they reversed their decision and determined, lo and behold, those were all legitimate tips, even though it didn't feel like it. Well, wonderful. I mean, that's important work to be, you know, in the school districts as well, where the students who are part of the community and families are part of the community. Thank you so much. At some point, we'd really like to learn more about uh, the crime in, in Yakima County overall. Um, take a look at some of those, the data points that you have. I think that'd be interesting to take a look at. Thanks. Absolutely. And, yeah, and Patsy, you had also asked about just suspects that are um, in there. Crime Stoppers does have a list of different uh, suspects that are currently wanted right, right now. Uh, mm -hmm. So right, and those are actually um, our partners. So one thing um, I want to make sure that we give props to the Yakima Sheriff's Office. The Yakima Sheriff's Office and Sheriff Udell, so uh, they have for years, they actually pay one of their employees. So half of their job, half time, they are our coordinator. They're the ones who in the scenes are working the tips in the background. So this particular individual is the one who chooses those. If there is a particular case they want to highlight or they put on the billboards you see in town or if you see it on our um, Facebook or if you see it on our website that particular person is the one who's choosing those we don't actually we allow law enforcement to say okay uh, this is a crime that needs to get solved because we as volunteers we are not law enforcement people we are just regular Joes that we have other jobs that we have to pay our bills with this is just a passion we have to make our community a safer and better place. So when you see those images, um, even on the flyers that we just created for the car show, we reached out to the Yakima uh, County Sheriff's Office coordinator and said, can you pick some crimes that you wanna highlight? And then we put the flyer together with the data that she provides. Um, but I wanna make sure that community understands we receive zero uh, taxpayer dollars we don't receive any grants, any public funding whatsoever. 100% of our funding is from fundraisers that we volunteer to do. So we have two shred events, uh, one in April, and it's the last Saturday in April and the last Saturday in October, shreds and meds where we collect people's shreds. So we have a shred truck on site. So they're important documents with their identifying information. We shred for them old passports, tax returns, whatever. Um, and we collect all their meds. So we get all those drugs, your oxy from your surgery, whatever, we get them all off the street and then people will donate um, as they drop items off. And then our biggest fundraiser, unfortunately we haven't been able to have the last two years because of COVID. So we have an annual bike ride the third Sunday of every May. And it's the largest bike ride in the state. We close down the Yakima uh, Canyon um, and it's an all day ride. It's a family ride. It's not a competition. Its intent is to be just a family function. Um, and that is ultimately our biggest fundraiser. Um, and again, the reason why I want to emphasize that we receive zero taxpayer dollars, it's a really big deal for us that the Acma County Sheriff's Office and Sheriff Udell supports us in the fact that he has a paid staff member that helps us and provides that link to all the various um, law enforcement agencies um, at their expense. Because um, the rest of us receive zero income, it's 100% volunteer, um, and across the world, all Crime Stopper members are volunteers. They're not paid members. 
Uh, thank you for that information. I also want to go back to the point about, you know, resources in the community. Lucy brought up a really good point about technology and access and ability. Um, you had mentioned um, in our earlier conversation about how Crime Stoppers might be able to do and help with flyers relative to MMIW and MMIP. I wonder if you can just share some of that with our audience. Absolutely. So at one point, we were trying to get a hold of the distributors in town to get say okay when you deliver your pop and your beer or whatever your water to all the various convenience stores we would love to be able to print and hand out flyers but we never got any return phone calls so if somebody has an idea how we can get that mass distribution without relying on our volunteers to be driving everywhere because again we have nine to five jobs as well um, i would love to hear it but if there are crimes that can be highlighted and they can provide the data to me then i can get them to our secretary who then adds the photos, if there's photos available, and a brief description of the crime or the individual. You know, if the person is missing, we don't know their whereabouts. Let's get a photo on there. Let's get a description. Let's get a date of the last place um, that they were seen. Um, and we can expose that on that flyer. And then um, we can also put it on our Facebook. We can put it on our website. We just need someone to get the data to us. Um, and then we can move forward with that and hopefully solve the crimes. And then on the flyer, it provides the three ways to submit a tip. Um, and the one thing I will say is sometimes um, law enforcement agencies will say, well, you can call us anonymously and submit a tip. I wanna make sure to especially emphasize that is separate from Crime Stoppers. We have no way to assure that that truly is anonymous. Um, again, I don't know how they would be able to not trace it um, but I can with 100% certainty say when you're submitting a tip through Crime Stoppers, it is anonymous. Um, and again, that just is if there's any distrust or there's any kind of hesitation, I want to make sure people understand the difference between the two. And I can't uh, verify because I haven't personally sat and watched and seen the start to finish anonymity component. I do know in some of the schools, they say, oh, submit a tip anonymously. Um, and they're not. Because on the back end, somebody, some software company is managing and the person has to enter a name, a first and last name. Um, and that is not anonymous. And some of our schools are using that and claiming it's anonymous, but it is not. Um, the only one that I have vetted out that is 100% anonymous is this particular program. Thank you. Um, and going back to the schools, we actually do have an audience question. I believe this is our first live YouTube question. So thank you very much on that. And it is about schools and, you know, a little bit of the sensitivity regarding, um, you know, if there are crimes. So this is from Brock Goodman. Uh, are these children then being charged with crimes? It seems like more fuel for the school to prison pipeline. Um, so generally, it depends on the school what the, the punishment is there. Uh, most of the time what is happening is there's a suspension. Um, Davis has a program in particular, like if it's drugs, um, like cocaine and that sort of thing. The student has the choice to attend a drug-free program and counseling with their family members to educate them um, on the cocaine use and, and drug prevention and that sort of thing. Or if they don't, then it's up to local law enforcement whether or not they pursue charges. So the schools aren't necessarily pursuing the charges. Um, it's up to the local law enforcement agency. And obviously it depends on the severity of the crime. 
Um, but the number one punishment typically is um, some sort of suspension, whether it's a day, three days, seven days, depends on the severity of the crime. Um, and ultimately what they're trying to do is um, educate them and correct the behavior. Uh, but I've never seen, I've never heard of an example where um, they used a student as an example for uh, any other, it's, it's quite the opposite. They're really trying to um, educate and uh, make sure it's a, a preventative um, for future uh, cases. Right. For those of us that um, work with school districts or have children in schools, you know, you get the annual calendar and you can see the disciplinary actions, even for bus. My kids don't ride the bus, but I sit there to read the disciplinary action steps. Um, and so it seems like there's policies in place and it's good to hear that maybe it's used as a preventative tool and maybe an, an intervention step like, hey, this is a child that might need some additional in help in some area, you know, we might need some additional attention and it's our job as uh, people in the community uh, to try to see where that's at. Um, and you know, you bring up an awesome point, Emily. One thing about our children and this age group is they love to feel empowered. Um, they like the power of now. Um, and that is one thing that we really promote when I go to the schools, I talk about P3 being an empowering tool because we want our students to be able to learn in a safe environment. But on the flip side, we have known, um, some schools unfortunately have seen a higher incidence of suicide. Uh, we see drug abuse, we see alcohol abuse, and we have the guns. And so we say, you know, rather than, Crime Stoppers has always been historically a tool to report the crime after it occurred. We're trying to educate the students to report the behavior become, before it becomes a crime. So if you have Susie Q, who you're worried about that is doing drugs or is an alcoholic, let's submit the tip and let's get Susie the help. Let's get her involved with the interventionist at the school and let's get her the help she needs. Um, I truly believe in working with the schools we work with anyway, that they're there. They're not trying to seek out crimes. They're trying to make it the best for those students as possible. And especially the interventionists are extremely passionate about healing and making sure that they can prevent it before it occurs. Um, if you know somebody has suicidal thoughts and you think, oh, I don't wanna go to the counselor and tell them that my friend is suicidal, so I'm just gonna submit this. It gives them a great tool to bring that student in. Hey, we received an anonymous tip. Some people are obviously concerned about you. Let's talk about this. Let's get you the help. What's going on in your life? Um, and same with the guns. You know, A lot of times students in particular will brag that, oh, they have access to a gun or they'll post it on social media outside of school. And so again, this generation loves to feel empowered. And so we say, use the tool as a preventative measure rather than allowing for the crime to occur. Um, and obviously we have a recent example with the Toppenish School District, some things that they're investigating right now that had they had the Crime Stoppers app, who knows how long ago some of these behaviors could have been prevented um, or potentially um, not occurred at all. Um. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, the attention to schools, I think, you know, having school age children and, you know, just being in the community, the information is uh, so valuable. Uh, I just want to open it up to my co-host for additional uh, insight or any last questions. Um, okay. Oh, Patsy does. I had a question about donations. So how do people make donations to your organization? And then also, if you have like any general flyers that can be distributed in the communities that uh, you can make available to us, 
So we could put it out in the community. I think this is a wonderful resource. Absolutely. Um, so donations, uh, they can actually mail them um, to Crime Stoppers. And the address is on our website that I can reference it. It's PO Box 11056 in Yakima, 98909. Um, and they can just make it out to YCCS. They don't have to completely write out Yakima County Crime Stoppers. Or the best way is attend one of our fundraisers. Um, and again, you can mark your calendar. We always uh, partner with the Drug Enforcement Agency. And so we have our shred events the last Saturday of every April and the last Saturday of every October. Um, sometimes we'll have it at Cashmere Valley Bank. Sometimes we'll, we're trying to work with the Union Gap Mall again with COVID. We weren't able to hold an event there with, at, with the COVID outbreak, um, but we're hoping to have another event there so some of our lower Valley people can participate. Right. Um, and then fingers crossed, we'll be able to have our bike ride um, in 2022, and we open up registration in January. And again, it's an awesome ride with family members. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a high tech, super awesome race bike. Um, you don't even have to do the whole ride. Some people only do a portion of it because they got little guys with their training meals out there, but we have hot dogs and we have sodas and you can get t-shirts and, um, it's really a great educational, um, opportunity as well to teach your kids at a young age about crime prevention. So again, let's let's start early and let's talk about how to prevent the crimes and that it's okay to speak up. But if you do have that fear of retribution, because it does exist, um, you know you have a tool that can help you with that. Um, in terms of flyers, I am more than happy. You just got to tell me uh, location and I can um, get some produced. Um, and we will get them dropped off wherever you need them dropped off. Okay, great. Then we'll work with um, Lucy and Robin. <laughs> okay. Uh, since, <laughs> since they're kind of like the people that get information to us, that'd be beneficial because I wouldn't mind putting up flyers. Well, we and anytime, if somebody thinks of a question after the podcast and they email it to you guys or go to your website, you have my email, by all means, forward it to me. That's what I'm here for. I really try to get back in touch within 24 hours. Um, as I remind people though, I do have a nine to five job because I do have to keep my lights on at home and put food on the table. So um, Crime Stoppers, obviously, I, I, uh, I am fortunate I have an employer that allows flexibility with, with some of these things, but sometimes I'm on conference calls or I'm out of town. Um, but generally, if I go more than 24 hours, something is amiss, either I uh, have, filed your email in a folder or uh, something's off. So don't hesitate to text or email me a second time. Uh, and quickly, where is, oh, sorry, Patsy, go ahead. go ahead. Where are the other Crime Stoppers located in the state of Washington? Because we work with other tribal communities as well around the Northwest. So I'm curious. So there is Puget Sound Crime Stoppers. There's Spokane Crime Stoppers. There's us and um, I believe the other one is Clark County, and um, and I can't recall the fifth one. There was one in Tri-Cities. Unfortunately, their coordinator, um, who was the vice president of Crime Stoppers USA, passed away last year, cancer, and nobody took the organization over, so it folded. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of their tips get circulated through us now. Um, mm -hmm. That If we don't get the community support, if people aren't using our tools, 
Um, and if we don't get volunteers, uh, you know, our board is aging and we're trying all the time to get new board members. Uh, it really only requires a commitment of attending a board meeting once a month um, and then participating in our three annual fundraisers. But we're always looking for board members that can give that level of commitment. But if we don't get that, then eventually our organization could fold. So it's really important. Word of mouth is our advertising. We don't have a lot of money to go out and buy radio ads, TV ads. And so these types of things, we are so appreciative um, and helping to keep our communities safe. So again, I just want to thank you guys for what you do um, in making the Yakima Reservation and all of uh, the Toppenish and Wapato communities better for, for everybody down there. Don't forget White Swan. <laughs> and White Swan, Brownstown, all those. <laughs> Hera. <laughs> yes, all of you, you're all included. I'm not excluding anybody with intention. <laughs> I, know you, I know you're not, but I just had to put a plug in for, for White Swan, just because some of our community issues. Alicia, is there any information that you'd like to share that we didn't ask? No, I think you guys did a really thorough job. I will say a lot of our questions, um, I had encouraged you, Emily, to go back to our website after you left. A lot of our questions and our history, everything, how it works, start to finish statistics are on our website. Current crimes that need solved are on our website. Um, and I just uh, ask that people, we need to start somewhere. So if nothing else, Let's get the information in our hands so we can get a flyer, so we can get it on our website. Let's get some names of these missing um, and murdered uh, women and let's get some of these crimes solved. It's, it's long, long past due. And this is a wonderful step forward in the right direction. Well, we wanna thank you again for your volunteer service of 21 years with Crime Stoppers and for being a guest and explaining this process. Uh, Alicia, we also want to uh, read a quote from the Crime Stoppers article that was in the Yakima Herald Republic, written by Tammy Ayer in uh, June of 2021. In more than 30 years since Yakima Crime Stoppers began taking anonymous tips about criminal activity, that information has led to more than 2,000 arrests, including nearly 100 murderers. The names of those arrested become known. The names of the tipsters who get rewards of up to $1,000 and in rare instances as much as $10,000 for information resulting in arrests do not, uh, aka anonymous. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough. When you submit a tip, a tip is assigned a code, uh, Alicia Tobin said. If that tip results in an arrest of a felon, board members approve their reward payout. The tipster provides the code at a local bank and just the code to claim the reward. Tipsters have up to a year to claim that. So again, thank you so much for being here and we'll put all the different uh, links that we shared with you in the show notes. And I want to give an outro from our community uh, uh, person uh, here. We are an indigenous led podcast here at War Cry Podcast, surviving under the duress of colonization and intergenerational trauma towards self-determination. Again, some of the topics that we bring up can be triggering, and we uh, ask that you take care when listening and even a little bit afterwards. I know I always take a little bit of a walk outdoors after these shows just to kind of release some of the energy that's come up. Uh, we want to give our credit, and um, I believe Alicia did give a war cry to Yakima County uh, a Police Department or 
uh, and Sheriff Udell and the team there that helps uh, let the suspects be known. Uh, other credits, we do have support from Native Women in Action. Our episodes are edited and produced by Robin Pibashi. Logo by John Only Schellenberger with Native Anthro, where we'll also have um, our prints available at our upcoming uh, collaboration. Shirts by Nicole Pibashi and music by Lee Sekekoptua. Again, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of War Cry Podcast. We will be streaming the next one in two weeks during the lunch hour. Great job. Thanks, ladies.